Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello and welcome back. I can't believe that in the intro to last week's episode, I forgot to mention that I've done 50 of these. That was episode 50 and now we're on 51 and I'm just so blown away of how far I've come. And for those of you who have been there since the beginning, you've, you've known <laughs> the journey and what it's been like sharing 50 stories and connecting with 50 women and all before my daughter is one year old. And it's just, my mind is blown. And this podcast has changed my life and my mission with Enlightenedhood. And I am just so grateful that all of you still want to talk to me and still listen to me. And my heart is just so full. But anyway, on today's episode, my wonderful guest is Ryan Watkin, and we connected over collaborating for Enlightenedhood, and I just, her energy and her vibe is just, I love her. And she says something, quoting Eckhart Tolle in this interview that has just stuck with me. I think we recorded this before Thanksgiving, and it's the idea that your purpose in life is to be present. And it just blew my mind because it's so true. And I think right now when spirituality and mindfulness are at the forefront of social media mixed with easy access to the internet and the constructs of what a career is, is changing. We keep seeing all this rhetoric that's step into your purpose, make sure you're aligned with your purpose. What's your purpose? Fulfill your purpose. And it can seem very overwhelming. And oftentimes it can make us feel less than because if we don't know what our purpose is or we don't think our purpose is big enough, it can really mess with that sense of self and that self-worth. And just the idea that your purpose is your presence is just, it takes all the guesswork out of it. And it, your purpose is just to be in this present moment and to do whatever you're doing. And that's enough. You're enough. And that is just so powerful. But anyway, my guest today is Ryan Watkin, and she is a success mentor, happiness expert, professional speaker, and host of The Happy Mom Show, the number one podcast for moms on a mission to raise a conscious generation of heart-centered, emotionally intelligent, innovative leaders. And if you want to check out the episode that she just launched this past week that I was on, check that out. I will link that in the bio. Ryan believes that positive change comes from within and the family life is one of the biggest catalysts for growth. 
Her signature course, the Aligned Success Academy, teaches a holistic approach to success and challenges her clients to recreate their lifestyle from inside out while finding happiness and abundance amidst the sometimes messy journey of life. Ryan's mantra is let's change the world by starting at home. And that's exactly what she's doing through embodying the lifestyle shifts she teaches. She's a happy mama to two fierce girls and a loving wife to her best friend, Nate. So Here's Ryan. I was reading your bio and you had a baby. You birthed a baby and a business at the same time, right? I did. So what was that like? The dynamic duo. So I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner. My parents are business owners and I always kind of had that thought of wanting to work for myself. And I spent um, about 10 years in like kind of like corporate America, higher education. And I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm ready to start my business. It was shortly after I got married and I did a lot of research and I'm like, okay, now's the time. I was so excited and I had my website and my cards and my headshots and everything, right? And so I quit my job all security, you know, out the window. And then three months later, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, whoa, which it wasn't like we were trying, quote unquote, we weren't like trying, but we Mm -hmm. were, you know, it was going to happen like at some point. And um, yeah, it was, um, it was interesting because I was like all consumed with being pregnant and this life growing in my body. But at the same time, I was, um, you know, meeting with clients and tutoring. And, um, you know, it was an interesting juggle. And after I had my first daughter, it was everything went out the window, like everything I thought I wanted, everything I thought I knew. um, It was just flipped upside down. And so I scaled back a lot. Actually, first I scaled up because I thought this is what I want. I got to go for this. It's now or never. I had this very like um, driven Mm -hmm. mindset, so to speak. Um, And so I really like scaled up and then I was leaving in the evenings and, um, you know, not spending dinner time with my family. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I had this a few moments of like, what is this for? Like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. And so I completely stopped taking on new clients and um, ended up actually closing that first business because I was at a point where I was burned out. Um, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and um, which was really, I'm not sure if I love that terminology for me and manifested as postpartum mm-hmm. anxiety and almost like a feeling like I'm going to die. Like I, I felt really panicky a lot of times um, and just very sleep deprived and like almost like borderline, like hallucinating just from being so out there. So I was like, okay, something's got to give sister friend. And so I had like a come to God, come to universe moment where I was like, okay, it's time to to throw in the towel here. It's time for me to pivot. And I don't know what that means. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean I'm a failure. You know, I really had to grapple mm-hmm. with that sense of, but I'm giving this thing up. You know, we're taught when we're kids, don't give up, keep pushing, keep going. And so, yeah, I, I came out the other side as, um, 
much more grounded and knowing what I wanted much, much more. When did mindfulness come into play during that time? Well, you know, it came into play really slowly, like inch by inch by inch. And still even today, um, because I just call everything a practice at this point because I'm a recovering perfectionist. And for me to um, kind of grasp on to this idea of like, I'm a mindful person because I tend to do that. I'm like, okay, I'm in my ego right now because I'm associating. Is this like, oh, I'm so mindful, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So it comes just like bit by bit for me. And in like, just like the mucky mess of it is when I can be aware the most. Um, And day to day with uh, my kids are, let's see, they're three and almost five now. And today it plays a part in just breathing, just getting out the door and, um, you know, having to be somewhere at a certain time and seeing them wanting to play and be free and be kids. And I really, um, am mindful of not squashing their spirit, so to speak. Um, but it's an everyday practice. Were you into mindfulness? Did you discover mindfulness before you became a mom or was it something that you discovered kind of during that burnout period? Yeah, it was definitely during the burnout period because before becoming a mom, I just thought, oh, I, you know, I have everything on lockdown. Like, you know, everything's great. Oh, you know, I'm working, I'm starting a business. And I was a little blissfully ignorant, I think. And becoming a mom, it just like, it was, it rocket launched me into this um, place of, something's got to change. And I didn't know what, and I didn't know how, but I knew that I had some work to do. And so with a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of uh, journaling, a lot of crying, a lot of that, just like inner work, that self-awareness came, okay, you know, mindfulness is one of those really, really important pieces that I must adopt to be the mother, the wife, the friend, the business owner that I say I am and that I really want to be. I think there's a certain shift that happens once you decide you want to show up that way and then just doing it. It's not easy, especially as a mom and a new mom, as when your world's turned upside down. I've been struggling with that a lot too. Thinking of, oh, I want to get up and meditate and do yoga and do journaling. I want to be the person that does that. But then there's also this balance where mom life is not perfect and it's messy and it's chaotic and each day is not the same. So how do you juggle it all? Mm. Sister, how do I juggle it all? Uh, Very carefully. Uh, You know, I give myself, I pray for, I ask for a ton of grace uh, because I also want to be a person and a mama and a woman who wakes up and meditates and nourishes my body when it needs it and, you know, takes a bath and, you know, 
kicks ass in business and is sexy in the bedroom. I want to be all those things, you know, and it's not necessarily all simultaneously possible depending on the Mm. season that you're in that I'm in. Um, and so I just give myself a lot of grace on the days where I don't wake up before my kiddos, which are usually, you know, I, I have a better day when I wake up before my girls to ground and meditate and do a little journaling, just to, you know, even if it's 10 minutes. Um, but when I don't do that, I just, I love myself in spite of it. And I go, you know what? I still love you. You know, you're, you're still doing it. You're showing up the best you can. And I just give myself a lot of freaking grace. It's so important. And you said something that made me think that when the ego comes to play saying, oh, I'm a mindful person. But I think we forget, especially as moms, where the real mindfulness person comes out in that space when everything isn't perfect. And when we have to give ourselves grace and really that space in between the I'm meditating, I'm journaling, but this is the lull. Mm. And I've had to do so much work on that because, and now I think I'm the most mindful when I'm kind of behind the scenes trying to (laughs) just give myself grace and love. Yeah. Well, and it's easy when I was talking to a girlfriend today and she's like, so this meditation thing, you know, she's like really curious about it. And, um, like, you know, and it's easy to quote unquote easy to sit down and to meditate and, and feel this Zen peaceful, calm feeling or go to the beach and be one with nature. But when you're like, in it and your kid has a poopy diaper and your other kid is whacking the one kid in the head with a golf ball or whatever, a wiffle ball, uh, you know, and you know, the dishes are in the sink and the oatmeal's burning. And you know, when all these things are happening, like that's when the work comes in and it has nothing to do with the label of being a mindful person. It's like your simple choice in the external circumstance uh, you know, that half a second between the circumstance that's happening around you and then your mm-hmm. reaction. It's just that half a second and, you know, no label, no, no anything can, um, can prepare you for the challenge that that half a second sometimes presents because it's all in our, the way that we react or respond mm-hmm. to things. That's so true. It really is. Just, mm-hmm. And it can happen so fast. And then I don't know about you, but I have those situations where I make the wrong decision and the wrong reaction. Oh, crap. There goes, there goes my mindfulness star for the day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It's not easy, especially, I mean, and I think that's something that has fueled me to create this podcast and this platform is that, yes, mindfulness is a huge buzzword. It has become a mainstream thing. It's completely beneficial, but there's a whole other layer to it when you add being a mom. Yeah. Big time, big time, because we have a lot of needs that ha- that need to be met. Right. And, um, you know, our, our kids, they need us. They need snacks, <laughs> constant <laughs> snacks. They need, you know, food and nourishment and love and presence and eye contact and play. And they need so much from us. And so it all of a sudden, um, you know, we're on the bottom of the list kind of by default. 
And the goal is to kind of work our way up that list and reprioritize ourselves so that we're not pouring and giving and, um, you know, we're not fueling from an empty Mm. cup. We have to have some sort of nourishment to be able to give to the ones that we love. So true. Do you have any mindfulness practices you do with your daughters? Ooh, I love that question. So my older daughter has a gratitude box. And so frequently before she goes to bed at night, we talk about the day and, you know, what are you grateful for today? Um, and then also we just, I like tonight we were just playing with, with Legos. (laughs) Actually, they just got like a ton of Legos, plastic, you know, whatever, but, uh, they're fun. So we're playing with Legos tonight. And I just had like my little relaxing yogic spiritual music on. And I just love it because I have it on frequently. And so they'll sing like the mantra. It's like, they're like singing Sanskrit or whatever languages. I'm just like, Oh, I love it. And you can tell that they like, they love it. And it kind of brings them to the present moment. Um, and then we talk a lot about Mm. breathing. So if they're having um, an emotionally charged moment, you know, I'll, you know, can we put our, our hands on our bellies and feel our breath, fill our bellies and blow out the birthday candles. So we talk about breathing a lot. Um, We talk about just being aware of big emotions a lot. You know, I, I like, something that I frequently say, I see that you're having, you know, a really hard time doing this or or expressing this. What's going on? How are you feeling? Where are you feeling that in your body? Um, I think emotional intelligence is um, something in my family growing up that was overlooked completely, maybe not even looked at. Overlooked is an understatement. And so I really find it important to, um, Get them to tune in to their bodies and how they're feeling. Um, so the, yeah, those are a few that we really like mm-hmm. to do. Do you have friends who are parents who don't understand the whole mindfulness thing or are into mindfulness? And what is it like kind of balancing that energy and that relationship? Yeah, that's um, my whole friend circle has shifted significantly. Mm. Uh, since I became a mom. And then actually a couple times in those few years too. Um, And it's actually still evolving now. So I'm really consciously choosing um, friendships that nourish me and understand um, the way we're choosing to raise our families and um, our family. And so Friendship wise, it's pretty aligned and we're still creating new friendships and we have a great um, school Mm. community that it's a nature-based co-op that we send our girls to. And so a ton of parents there really get the whole social, emotional intelligence and um, the play and all those things that are important to us. So it's nice to have that community. Um, I think really where the a bit of the struggle comes in is with mm. family. Um, my, my parents understand a bit um, and they, they try, but I've had comments from my mom like, oh, well, that's not the way we did things. Like, obviously we did something wrong and they take it very personally in a way, which is okay. I, you know, I can see why she would think that, right? Um, and then, yeah, my husband's family too. They're, 
they're choosing kind of a different route. He's got two sisters and one of them has a couple kids. Um, and nothing is really like said, but it's definitely, you can tell that there are differences. And so for us, we know that the only thing we have control over, the only thing we have a say in is how we respond to others and the judgment that we choose to mm-hmm. withhold. Because I think that um, when you become a mom, the the judgment, I mean, like Mean Girls has nothing on motherhood. Just the way that we can judge each other as women and as mamas, it's fierce. Um, and so we make really conscious decisions, my husband and I both, um, to really withhold our judgment or if we're really feeling it to talk about it and to just kind of let it go and release it. But yeah, it's definitely a shift to find, um, to find those people that are on the same page as you. Cause I think it's important the people who we allow around our kids, um, I think those influences in their lives are, are important. I think that's such a beautiful thing that you said too, is that we can't always necessarily control who is in their life, but approaching it from a place of love and non-judgment is really all we can do. And then we're setting a beautiful example for our kids as well. Yeah. But it's so hard. And I, I know I've, as I've come out, let's say, come out of the mindful and spiritual closet in terms of just being out there in front of, in front of all friends and family, just that backlash and that misunderstanding of what mindfulness is and what spirituality is. And it Mm. takes a lot of self-love and a lot of confidence to step back and remove yourself from those relationships that are non-nourishing. Yeah, it sure does. And that's another way that we put ourselves on the priority list, you know, by choosing, uh, really intentionally choosing those friendships and those people that we choose to be around, um, you know, and maybe it's um, creating some space in between relationships and that's okay, you know, Um, but I think it's hard for us to let go of people who we love and we want to be with. I was actually, before we started this podcast, I was writing my newsletter for the week and it was talking about shoulds and why we hold on so dear to the things we think we should do, but bring us no joy at all. Yeah, it's so hard that we we're so conditioned to think that we have to do X, Y, and Z, and especially with Thanksgiving coming up and family and the way that we do Thanksgiving. And I was reflecting on this because I just shifted my newsletter to be more just spiritual and having thoughts. And again, I thought I should have a newsletter that had (laughs) X, Y, and Z in it. But so my family eats tacos on Thanksgiving. Yeah, And I was thinking about it and I said, that was one of my first lessons in shoulds because my parents decided we all think turkey's lame. None of us really like it. It takes so (laughs) long to prepare. Why are we doing this for something that doesn't bring us joy? And when I was writing it, it dawned on me. I said, oh, that was one of my first lessons from my parents that if it doesn't make me happy, why are we doing it? And I, I think it also goes for just relationships and everything in our life, especially as we step into a much more mindful place of removing all those shoulds, removing those things that suck our joy and suck our energy. But again, as moms and as people who 
try to be non-judgmental and look at things from a place of love, it's also hard to do too, because you're kind of torn between that, taking the higher road, but doing something for yourself. Yeah, it's true. And like that word should, it's just, it's like, don't shit on yourself because, you know, it's I love that. just funny. <laughs> Right? Like don't shit on yourself because we're putting these expectations for ourselves that are really unreachable in so many cases. And then we're also just bringing in, like you mentioned, like the conditioning from like when we're like the ages from zero to seven is like when our subconscious or unconscious minds become conditioned with the things that we do in fact think we should do. And so like, I think just shining a light of awareness on like, huh, why do I think that I should do this? Where's that coming from? So every time that word comes up, you know, just like meeting it with that curiosity of hmm, where'd that come from, mm-hmm. you know? And what would life be like if I didn't should all over myself? <laughs> yes, it would be much less messy. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Let's talk about where you are now and how you transitioned into your new business and your new way of helping people. So how did that happen? Well, I, when I closed my first business officially, I was in kind of an ebb. If you think of like, you know, life is kind of an ebb and a flow. I was kind of on a little bit of like a rock bottom (laughs) How many times, you know, how many times can we really hit rock bottom? A lot. But so it's kind of at this rock bottom, feeling like a bit of a failure, feeling like I didn't know what my value was or what my worth was because my value and my worth had always been associated with achievement. I'm like the self-proclaimed gold star kid. I was the reader to my kindergarten class. And I, you know, like since then, I just like, I saw that chart with the gold stars start to like stack up. And I was like, Ooh, I like this, you know? And I really liked that praise and like the recognition from a job well done. And so I was feeling like a bit of a flop. Um, And I just thought, you know, I don't, I don't know what the thing is, but uh, my, what I did know is my prior business was I was an educational consultant. So I was helping high school kids plan for college. And while a part of that was deeply fulfilling, um, you know, my, my favorite part of it was working directly with the students and making a direct impact on their lives. I loved that. Um, so while I loved that, I didn't love playing into the machine of everyone should go to college. Everyone, there's that word, yeah. right? Everyone should get this score on the SAT. You know, we're our current education system in the US is um I feel like it's putting our our kids in three boxes, you know, below average, average, or above average. And I felt like I was playing into this just machine. And I had this small voice that got much louder as time went on that said, you know, this isn't the thing. This isn't the thing. Yes, there's job security. Yes, the college industry is booming. Yes, this could be a stable career. Um, You've got clients, you know, people are calling you. but this isn't the thing. And so knowing what I didn't want was step one. And uh, so really just addressing that, you know, this isn't my soul's calling. And this was a step on the path. 
And from there, it was just inching out, like crawling out of this kind of hole and deciding, literally deciding that I wasn't going to do anything that didn't bring me joy. That was it. And I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know how it would manifest. And I didn't have this big vision in my mind. Um, But I knew that I only wanted to do things that just like lit me up from the inside. And so I followed a trail of breadcrumbs. And just a little by little by little, I uncovered my next endeavor. And now I'm a success coach for women and mothers who are transitioning into businesshood or going through businesshood. Hey, there's a new, new term. I love it. Um, yeah. Business and motherhood or a similar big transition in their lives. Um, so yeah. And I just really think that, um, finding our purpose, there's a lot of talk about, you know, what's my purpose? What's the meaning of life? It's a very active pursuit and it comes little by little by little through action. And you don't know if you're going to love something if you don't try it. I didn't know if I wasn't going to love my business unless I tried it. You know, so my encouragement to any women, mothers, parents out there um, would be just, you know, try something try it on, take a class, go to the group, write the blog, you know, do the thing, take tiny little action steps and notice what brings you that fire of enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And that is where, that's where the gold is. Would you agree that there's this common misconception that when we use the terminology, having a life purpose, that it's this huge, grand, you know, journey or voyage to take us to the most epic thing where most of us, our purpose is just as meaningful, but not as large, larger than life than we have it in our heads. Yeah, I think that definitely is a common misconception. And, um, you know, who really shifted my perception on purpose is Eckhart Tolle Mm. or Tolle. I never know how to say his name, whatever, but his book, A New Earth, um, the subtitle is Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. It's like, that was one of the life-changing books that really just was lots of aha moments in there. But one of the things that he teaches is like, what if your purpose was just what you're doing now. So our purpose in this moment is talking and connecting and bringing a positive message to the listeners, right? Um, You know, my purpose tomorrow morning is going to be spending time with my kids and connecting with them and making them breakfast. And, you know, so it's whatever you're doing in the moment. So essentially, what if purpose just became presence? no matter what you're doing. Mm, I love that so much. Because mm-hmm. uh, so my husband and I went through this period where I was birthing enlightenment and I was so lit up by this purpose and having this new mission. And I think he felt like he had to have the same thing. And he was trying so hard to find something. And 
everything was just kind of, it was almost 80 purpose ADD, like, oh, maybe I'll get really into this or I'll do that. And he actually just told me recently that he's a teacher and he said, I'm so much happier just being present as a teacher and not spending Mm -hmm. my lunch breaks looking for this purpose that isn't there. I'm like, wow, that is very profound because we think that we're so in search of this purpose that's out there and we have to find it. But I love so much that it's just presence. Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to preach that from the rooftops from now on. (laughs) Preach it, sister. Oh, that's, wow. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's one of the things that has been, um, it's been a game changer for me. You know, the biggest gift that I can give myself, but you know, really my kids and my family and the people I love, um, is presence. And it's not just like being in the same room as them, but it's um, the connection that true presence actually brings. Mm -hmm. I always love the saying that your presence is a present. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love that too. We say that a lot in our family. My family, my presence is your presence. Yeah. And my family, I grew up that way where spending time together and having experiences was much more valuable than materialistic things, but it's also been hard becoming a parent and, you know, materialism is, especially at this time of year is so conditioned into our culture. And it's hard when you're um, interacting with other parents and just family with things and things versus time. And I just want to say to everyone, I would just rather spend time with you than, than buying you something for Christmas. Like that would be so much of a gift, but it's so hard, especially like we talked about before, when you have those people in your life who aren't on the same mindfulness plane as you, who don't get it and almost see that as a trigger, like, uh, that their worth is somehow jeopardized. Mm-hmm. Something we did last year, we started this. We said we don't want any things, and um, you know, we requested like a membership to the science museum, mm-hmm. and you know, the children's museum, and like different experiences. Um, and we've we've really liked that because then it, you know, we go as a family and, you know, it's something fun for the kids to do and we're together. Um, yeah, this time of year, uh, is yeah, it's, it's rampant for sure. And it's, it's the norm, you know? And so I think people have a hard time going against the norm. Even we do, you know, because it feels, um, you know, it feels fun and it feels like it's filling this, void, you know, if you're not being present, you're thinking like that your joy is coming from buying things Mm -hmm. or, you know, doing the obligatory parties that you maybe don't want to do or, you know, things like that. Um, but you know, I was that, I was that mom, like pregnant, searching the car seat, like looking for all like the things, getting the registry straight, like think like nesting and thinking like the perfect room was what mattered. Mm -hmm. And, um, essentially through my awakening in motherhood, I realized like none of this shit matters. Oh, can I say that? None of this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a potty mouth. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, none of this shit matters. And someone asked the other day, someone was doing a poll, like, what was your number one piece of advice for new mothers? And my number one piece of advice is that babies don't need anything. They don't need 
anything. They just need like a boob or a bottle and like snuggles and just love and skin to skin contact. Like they do, they don't then like two onesies, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. So yeah, you know, I very much shifted that um, materialistic point of view. Um, and I didn't even know that I was materialistic. I just, it was just my default, mm-hmm. you know, I did and I didn't question it and I did it because that's what everyone else was doing. And then I found, um, you know, just through doing it, motherhood, that is like that, oh, none of this stuff matters. Like none of it. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to mothers who are discovering mindfulness now and trying to incorporate it into their everyday life? Mm, yeah, my number one piece of advice is to breathe consciously. Um, and it's free and it's easy and you can do it whenever. Um, it's been a game changer for me. Uh, and another thing is to, this is one of the things I really like to do. Um, you know, if you have a little bit, if you have older kids that are just starting to kind of like have schedules and maybe starting school or like doing different things where you have to be there at a certain time, um, take a look at the clock. So let's say you're trying to get out the door in the morning and the kids are just, you know, like, flitting around like butterflies because that's what kids do. You know, their, their job is to play. Right. And so if they're doing that and you're like all in your adult mind of like, come on, we have to be here at a certain time. And you're all kind of caught up in that because it's easy to be right. And you do want to be on time and you do like realistically have to go places, take a look at the time and see how long it takes your kids to organically just get in the car or buckle in or do whatever you need to do. Most often for me, when I practice this, it's like two and a half minutes. Like I think the most it's ever actually been is like five minutes. I'm like, you know what? What's five minutes? So literally just like slowing down, breathing consciously. And I really like to say like double your exhalation. So if you breathe in for four, try and exhale for eight because it resets your central nervous system. Mm -hmm. So like science, you know, it's science, like it will reset your nervous system. There's it's proven. So that's like a huge one. And then look at the clock and just see when you're getting a little amped up about time. Um, that it's not really as much as it feels in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I always love asking this question is that how has empowering other women empowered you? Mm, I love that. You know, when you can find your story in someone else's story and empathize with what they're going through and feel so connected um, in like a listen soul sister, like I've been there, I get you, I hear you, I see you. Um, It's the most wonderful feeling to know that you're a part of someone's transformation. Because initially when I was transforming, I had so many women and mentors and um, just people I still look up to and greatly admire and I'm still in contact with who, you know, talked me through it and really like gave me that sense of empowerment and the, the fact that I have choices throughout the day and I get to choose how I show up. Um, And so I think back to those women and it's it's an ode to 
the women who have gone before us. And it's something that we are passing down and passing down and creating this, this massive change. Like I always say, we can change the world by starting at home. And I don't even care that it sounds cliche because maybe it does, but we can. And like, it's just this massive ripple effect. So it's, it's the most empowering thing in the world. Mm, I have goosebumps. That's so true. Mm. It's so true because we're the mindfulness and the mindset and the grace and the gratitude that we radiate radiates to our children. And then we're raising these kids with the most empowering tools they already have. And I think, who was it in their book that said that, that the world is going to be saved by the Western woman? Yes. Uh, I don't remember, but I know who yeah, that. that we're just raising this next generation and that together, ugh, it just, it makes me so lit up. And it just, that's what motivates me to show up every day mm-hmm. and to share these stories and to share this wisdom from women. Cause you're right. It's just, it does start within us. And then the way that we ripple out to everyone around us. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. We're like warm and fuzzy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you so much, Lena. It was so fun to be here. I always like to end with words of wisdom for any woman listening today who might need to pick me up or that extra courage to show up mindfully or be present. So what are your wise words to end on? Hmm. My wise words to end on are you have everything you need inside of you already. You are already the woman who you are so yearning to become. She is in you. It is for you. And you're not alone. Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Mm-hmm.